Welcome into the BetUS College Football Show. It is week eight. It is part two. And no, your screen is not messed up. We do have a surprise guest for today's show. Parker could not be here, but that's okay. We got another handicapper to come in here and toss us some knowledge. We are excited about it. Let's go ahead and start with who I am. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And we will start with the experts. The one that you already know, we'll go ahead and start with him, Kyle Hunter, our award-winning professional handicapper. You can follow him on Twitter at KyleHunterPicks. Kyle, how you feeling, sir? Feeling good, man. Uh, some good games to talk about here today. Excited to talk these games over with you and Corby. I always love when there's a good combination of like the big name, big games, you know, and of course, our sicko stuff, right? We, we oh, love yeah. the, you know, the Central Michigan Bowling Greens, that kind of thing. We appreciate those. We'll go ahead and introduce you to the surprise guest, uh, CC on Twitter at KeepBettingCo. He's also known as Corby, and he is brand new to this whole thing. He is a new addition to the BetUS family. Corby, how are you, sir? Can't complain. I'll be bringing uh, some sickos today. I believe I am that guy for this week's show, so I'm excited to talk about Bama Uh don't want to talk about last week, so I'm excited for a new week of opportunity here. Most certainly. Yes, every week presents new opportunities, and when it comes to the sicko games, no, there's a lot of people that may not want to listen to Georgia Southern Old Dominion talk, but we view it as value. If there is value in a game, we are going to talk about it. We're going to tell you what side we are on, and we got a lot of picks today. We got a lot of it. We do have Parker's picks, by the way. We're going to toss those out, so don't worry about that. Before we get to the recap, let me go ahead and tell everybody, first off, we hit 10,000. We appreciate you guys for being here each and every week and for tossing in there that subscribe button, jumping in the chat. I see Heath in there, Aaron, James, Arbone, throw a dog a bone, etc. You guys are here every single week, both days that we do it, and we certainly appreciate it. Couldn't have done it without you. You are the lifeblood of this show, and we certainly, certainly appreciate you. If you've not already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We got to 10K, and we want a little more. We want to keep going. We're going to grow this thing as we go along. We're not going anywhere, so go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live. That is each and every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, right here. The chat, you have to be subscribed to be in on the chat. And you guys know, you all have your own conversations right in the middle of while we're talking, etc. If you don't like a game we're talking about, you guys discuss other stuff. And we appreciate that. You're keeping the community alive. We appreciate that for sure. Along with that, there is the podcast. If you can't get here live... We would recommend it, but that's okay. You can always listen on your commute. You can listen when you're at the gym, et cetera. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, just go to the BetUS football show. That is the college football feed and the NFL feed. So go ahead and knock out both of those. And uh, and make sure that you are subscribed on Apple, Spotify, et cetera. Leave a nice five-star review. All right. With that said, I think we got all of our notes. Oh, Parker's going to be on uh, Three Dog Thursday tomorrow on the BetUS TV main channel. If you're not subscribed over there, I would highly Highly recommend it, so go and check it out. Parker, over the last two weeks on Three Dog Thursday, 5-1 and one against the number. So go ahead and check him out. Let's go into the picks recap. Let's knock this bad boy out. So far on the year, 69-45-3. That is 60.53% against the number. Not too shabby, if I do say so myself. I am sitting at 28-14-2 thus far on the year. Kyle, 17-12. Parker is 24-19-1. The numbers are good thus far in the season. We, we are about halfway through, and uh, and we're going to keep this thing rolling. Obviously, we do bowl season. We do all the national championship stuff, the playoffs, et cetera. Uh, but so far, so good. We're hoping to keep this thing rolling. As I said, we do have Parker's picks today, so we will include those on the record next week. Uh, gentlemen, 
Um, oh, if you have not watched yesterday's show, I would highly recommend that you go back and see what the best bets were for yesterday, game analysis, etc. I think we hit eight games yesterday, so go and check those out after we get done here. Gentlemen, let's go on a fire in. We are going to start with a Big 12 matchup, and this one could have Big 12 title implications here. Texas, the Longhorns headed to Stillwater as a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. Goodness gracious sakes, alive in the morning. That's the latest line over at BetUS. The total sits at 61 on this. It's at Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State won this one last year in Austin, 32-24. to And, Corby, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, Oklahoma State is 6-3 and three straight up and against the spread against Texas since 2013. Uh, Mike Gundy just has this thing about beating Texas for whatever reason. And now, obviously, Spencer Sanders dealing with a bit of a shoulder injury. We'll see what happens. I would imagine he's going to play. He did come out in his press conference yesterday and say, hey, how about everybody here do us a favor and just don't ask about injuries? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I imagine he's going to play. It shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, Texas looking good thus far, 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight. They are 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five on the road, though. Uh, and this, this number has jumped. I mean, it was 3.5 in favor of Texas. It's now at 6.5, and, and the total is down 4 points, 65 down to 61 already. Uh, Corby, what do you see in this matchup? What do you like between the Longhorns and the Cowboys? Yeah, so I have had the opportunity to watch Sarkeesian for quite some time now as be the flag. Um, he is one of my favorite coaches in the country. I think that he is like in a, in a master class of his own race. And uh, I really like this Texas team. I think that they're in a good spot. Like they, they come in a little malnourished to the idea that like they barely beat Iowa State. But they also were in a tough position. They played Oklahoma the week before. Like it was a tough spot for them to play that game. So maybe like people were looking too deep into that contest where they really struggled. Oklahoma State, the exact opposite. They come in off of a TCU game that was a really good game, banged up. Like uh, It just seems like a spot that I know betting groups have hit this at four, four and a half, and five um, from groups that I, I am involved in talking with. And I agree. I think this should have been six. I like six and a half. Like I, I had this a 32-24 type game, and I actually leaned the under. These are two pretty balanced offenses coming into a bad spot like, situationally. Oklahoma State just played a really tough game. Texas is going to run the ball a ton. So uh, I like Texas. I lean towards the under. I don't have a play here, but um, those are my two sides for the situation. I could definitely, definitely understand that. As you said, Texas off that 24-21 to 21 win uh, over Iowa State. I mean, maybe there is a little bit of growth in winning those kinds of games because it was a horrible sandwich spot. Iowa State, obviously really well coached by Matt Campbell. Uh, Kyle, we're going to toss it over to you on this. Uh, Oklahoma State... You know, the defense has just not been good this year. Number 93 in PPA per pass. They're number 119 in passing downs PPA. Uh, the running game. I mean, they're number 85 PPA per rush on offense. Uh, the passing game looks okay, especially the explosiveness. But I don't know that you're going to be able to do that against this Texas defense. What are you seeing in this matchup? Yeah, I think Spencer Sanders uh, was very gritty last week, but you could tell that something was wrong with him. He was a bit off and consistent. Um, certainly a, a tough guy who I thought played pretty well considering the circumstances, but he definitely is not 100%. And the Texas defense has impressed me a ton this year. I think that's one of the units in college football that's been the most uh, improved uh, compared to what I expected. Uh, they've really been very good. 10th highest run defense grade of any team in the country at PFF. The Longhorns have some really good tacklers in the secondary. I think that secondary is very uh, sure tacklers. 
I think they can slow down uh, Oklahoma State's offense. Uh, OK State, 76th in rushing play success rate. I think they probably need to run it more than normal in this game due to Spencer Sanders and the weather. Uh, the National Weather Service right now calling for 22-mile-per-hour winds uh, and gusts of 33 miles per hour during this game. So we'll see. I always want to give the the thing that this is a Wednesday and that's Saturday. So uh, weather is hard to predict and, and uh, you know, keep an eye on that. I hate that this total has moved down so much, Gary. You know that. I mean, gosh, four <laughs> points is just so such a big line move. I am going to take the under here. I think that um, Texas's big edge is their passing play uh, success rate. They're sixth in pass play success rate on offense. Oklahoma State defense, 44th. But if the wind actually comes to fruition, I mean, how many downfield passes are you going to throw if the gusts are 30, 33 miles per hour? I mean, that definitely slows down Texas. And on the other side, like I said, I think Oklahoma State's passing game would be slowed down by Texas anyways because they're a pretty good uh, secondary and Spencer Sanders not 100%. So uh, I, I think on the surface, this is a game where the under isn't something you'd be too excited to bet when you just think of the two teams. Uh, but I think all factors considered, this could be a good under. I would lean Texas, uh, thinking that Texas' defense will have a big day here. And I think that uh, you know Texas and the under kind of could even be correlated. It's kind of weird to see a uh, side go up while the total comes down. You know, we don't see that too often, right? Usually you see an under and then the underdog getting bet. But I think there's quite a bit of noise around Spencer Sanders not being 100%. Obviously, they're not going to say much about it. I don't blame them about that. But I'm going to take the under here in this one. Hate that we missed the, the best of the line, but under 61 is my play in this one. I like it. Let's make it official. Kyle, the under 61 on it. And Parker. He does have a play on this one. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with that Texas defense, like you were talking about, Kyle. They're number 26 in standard downs PPA, number 19 in points per scoring opportunity. Uh, Parker is going to ride with Texas to cover six and a half here. That is his official play on it. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I don't have a play on this one because I think the weather could make things wonky. And, yeah, we tend to get some crazy games when it comes to Mike Gundy, especially against Texas. I am never sure exactly what to think about it. Uh, one thing that points in this direction, road team is 12-3 and three against the spread the last 15 in this series. So something to pay attention to. Both of these teams, top 10 in least giveaways per game. They're also both top 30 in least penalties. So really fundamentally good teams. So I, I can roll with it. All right, we'll move along. We've got a massive win over in the Pac-12. Of course, college game day will be there. Chip Kelly returns to Eugene, Oregon. That's right, UCLA at Oregon, and the Ducks are a six-point favorite. Total sits at 69.5. Latest numbers over at BetUS. Autzen Stadium will be rocking in this one. Oregon won last year, 34-31, tight game. UCLA is 1-9 and nine straight up in the last 10. They are 4-6 and six against the spread against Oregon since 2008. Just have not done very well at all. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR against Utah, 18 out of 23 for 299 yards, four TDs, one rushing touchdown. He did have one pick. Uh, this UCLA offense looks exactly like what you thought Chip Kelly was going to do since he got there. It, it just looks fantastic. Number nine, PPA per pass. Number 26, PPA per rush. Uh, when you look at this team going up against an Oregon team that has completely rebounded from getting destroyed in Atlanta in week one of the season, I, I'm very curious. Your thoughts on this. Bo Nix uh, at home, you got a thought? 
Yeah, first I want to talk about the total. I mean, I lean to the over in this game. It's a high number for a good reason. There's a couple things keeping me off the over. First, uh, you know, when a total is set this high, everything needs to go right. You know, you have a, a bad quarter. You have a couple, you know, long drives that end in missed field goals or something like that. Then you're done. Um, second, both of these offenses have been very good, but they haven't been actually all that explosive. They're 92nd and 119th in explosiveness. And they have just uh, 14 and 13 plays of 30 yards or more. With the total set this high, I really like to see big plays because you don't want to take up a lot of time scoring, certainly. Um, I still lean to the over. I think both offenses will have a lot of success in this game. All of UCLA's uh, games so far, unless I'm wrong here, I believe all their games have gone over the total, but there is no free lunch uh, betting. So I, I think the odds makers have to catch up here pretty soon. Um, UCLA ranks number one in pass play efficiency. And Oregon ranks number one in rushing play efficiency. So uh, pretty interesting, uh, massive difference in strength of schedule. And that makes this one tough for me to handicap. 102nd at Sagarin for UCLA, 30th for Oregon. I'm going to be honest, I kind of think both of these teams are overrated at this point. So it's hard for me to know what to do with this one. I, I don't think Oregon's near as good as they look right now. But I also don't trust UCLA every single game. Um, you know, they've been inconsistent in some of the past years. I know we've seen some good stuff from UCLA here lately, but I'm not sure UCLA is that great either. Um, Bo Nix, not taking big chances, an dot of 7.3 for the season. He's played well, well though. I mean, only six turnover-worthy plays. If you told you know, the Oregon staff he's going to have six turnover-worthy plays to this point in the season, they'd be thrilled. I mean, because he's had some issues with that in the past. We know that. So uh, I would... I would maybe just lean slightly toward Oregon, but I'm going to be rooting for the fellas here on this one. So I'll let you guys uh, talk about what you like here. Most certainly. Corby, let me bring you in here on this one. Bo Nix, 20 touchdowns and one pick since the Georgia game. That's 12 TDs passing, eight rushing. I mean, he has been phenomenal running the football. Uh, their defense, not great. The offense is number 36 PPA per pass. But as Kyle mentioned, they're number one PPA per rush. Standard downs PPA, number four. I mean, their their field position, like, at that points towards UCLA. But these two teams kind of look like replicas of each other as far as good offense, not great defense. What are you seeing in this matchup? Yeah, I lean exactly the the same thing as Kyle. I, uh, I had this 38-33, so slightly into the over. Also, I, I would probably, if I gun the head, I'm, I'm choosing Oregon here. Um, I know y'all took UCLA, so... I will be rooting for that. But interesting to note, like this is a Bo Nix who Auburn wish they could have seen. Uh, this is like what we expected Auburn. And I took a little bit of Bo Nix future for Heisman plus 5,500. It is quite the stretch, I understand. But they play every every ma massive game that they play now is at home, which is where Bo Nix has been lights out. Uh, after that Georgia game, Oregon has put up, what, 70, 41, 44, 45, 49 off a of bye week, heading into a UCLA team. I, unfortunately, have faded recently. I think my numbers are a little too low on them. I took Utah versus uh, UCLA. I had the minus three, so I got the best of the number, but uh, I don't feel very confident in my UCLA numbers, and so I'm nowhere near this one. Uh, I'm probably rooting for Bo Nix to have about 1,000 yards and UCLA cover. Uh, that would be optimal life for me in this show, so uh, that's all I got. I know you have something on Gary. So you you take the reins there. I I am going to ride with UCLA on this, and Parker is going to ride with me as well as he sent over. Uh, we're both going to take UCLA plus the six here. 
UCLA, number 23 turnover margin. Oregon, number 51. That's kind of negligible. They're both bad at penalties, et cetera. Um, these are two not good defenses, number 77 and number 72 PPA per drive, respectively. At my UCLA numbers all year have been telling me to take UCLA, and I have not listened at, at all for whatever reason. Last week, I had them favored over Utah, uh, or two weeks ago, excuse me. I had them favored over Utah, and I didn't touch it because I did not believe in them. Uh, in this situation, uh, my numbers have this as a pick and I'm getting six points of value here. Now, I understand Oregon's really, really good at home. Both teams coming off of a bye. I think Chip Kelly's got some stuff up his sleeve. I like Zach Charbonnet against this Oregon defense. Uh, yes, Oregon will be able to run, but I, I expect DTR and Zach Charbonnet to be able to have monster games as well. I like UCLA in this game. I, I think that this could definitely be a toss-up. So if you're giving me six points with one of the teams that's undefeated and on the road and is not like I'll I'll absolutely do that. So Parker and I both will make it official. We both like UCLA to cover the six in Autzen Stadium. I know it's going to be jumping. I know game day's there, uh, but we have seen teams cover on the road, as Kyle will tell you, with Troy covering at App State when game day was in Boone not that long ago. So we have seen this before. So uh, oh by the way. UCLA 7-1 against the spread on the road their last eight. Just throwing that out there. Just It's not like they hadn't seen this before. <laughs> we'll move along, and we've got a fun one here. This is a Sun Belt matchup. And this one at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. So you're going to have to dig through your streaming service. Georgia Southern heads to Old Dominion. And, my goodness, the Monarchs, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. The total sits at 66, latest numbers over at BetUS. It's SB Ballard Stadium. I think they are excited about what uh, old Ricky has done with the program thus far. This old Dominion team looks competent. They look competitive. They just absolutely destroyed Coastal Carolina last week, uh, which I did not see coming at all. Their wide receiver, Allie Jennings, is phenomenal, just phenomenal. The defense, though, definitely weak, number 94 PPA per drive. Um, they're Points per scoring opportunity is pretty good. Number 14, 2.9 at that point. Uh, Corby, I want to bring you in on this one. Uh, the Old Dominion offense is certainly improving. They averaged 10.78 yards per play against Coastal last week. George Southern, another team whose offense we didn't expect a whole lot out of, especially transitioning from the triple option. But Clay Helton has built some good things with Van Treese and then, of course, those running backs, white and green. Uh, what do you see in this matchup? Yeah, not only has the offense stepped up they also both played a very fast pace. So I have them ranked 22nd and 8th in seconds per play. Uh, and the defensive really, the defenses really haven't been great. So the yards per play, uh, they sit 121st and 64th in opponent yards per play. Uh, this is one that these two teams both throw the ball a ton. I believe they were both over the 60% margin of uh, throwing the ball. And so it's lined to be, a, and I think that if, it stays to be a close game, it's going to be a shootout. I expect this to be uh, pretty high. I'm I'm leaning towards the over. I had a 70 and a half, and so I leaned the over. On a side, I really didn't have anything. I like Georgia Southern. I thought this would be closer to a pick em, uh, but I'm not touching that, and the highest lean I have is towards the over at 66. That's that's the way that I look at it. The side, I don't want anything to do with it. I felt like it should be a pick em, and it is kind of a toss-up at two and a half, but Old Dominion has been pretty good here lately. Georgia Southern, it just depends on turnovers with them. I mean, they are not good as far as turnovers go. Kyle, uh, number 117 PPA per drive for Georgia Southern's defense. They're number 106 in success rate allowed. Uh, but you look at this, I mean, it's basically two good offenses, two bad defenses with a whole lot of plays in the game. 
it seems ripe for an over, uh, but this thing has, it opened at 68. It's dropped down to 66. What are you seeing in this one? Yeah, no, no weather concerns to, to speak of based on what I've seen. So I'm a bit surprised the total has gone down here, but I'm happy to take the over. I think this is a, you know, just a very fast paced game both ways. Uh, Old Dominion with 10.9 yards per play last week. Who would have expected that? Just insane. Um, you know, I really wish they hadn't been that good in that game, to be honest, because that drove the price up for this one, obviously. Um, you know, I, the pace will absolutely be there. Like um, Corby said, both teams top 25 in tempo in the country. And uh, passing, you know, both of them throwing the ball a lot. Georgia Southern, 62.6% of their plays have been a pass. And Old Dominion, 53.5%. That's always good if you've got a high total. Uh, some teams that can move it through the air. Both teams top 20 in explosiveness. Uh, Van Treese is a good over quarterback, I'd say. You know, it could be a pick six. It could be a long touchdown. You never know. He, he makes some questionable decisions, but he's been pretty good overall. And I, I have to say, you know, I was way too low on, on – uh, uh, this Georgia Southern team going into the season, you know, and Clay Helton's taken a lot of uh, crap from how he did at, at uh, USC, but, you know, he's done a great job here. You know, props to him for the job that he's done turning this team around. This is uh, a team that I didn't expect to be able to just jump right into it and be that good on offense right away, but they've proven that they can move the football against everybody. Even the games that they've lost, they've moved the ball pretty well. I think both teams have been unsustainably good defensively in the red zone. If you look at their red zone numbers, I don't know why uh, two defenses that would be bad, you know, between the 20s would just all at once be really good in the red zone. I don't think these guys are that talented to just be tremendous there. I do want to give an angle, too, on the side. Even though I didn't pick the side here, the Sun Belt Conference has been great for road teams. Now, I know that this one's a little bit tricky because – uh, you know, it's new teams in a conference, but, uh, you know, this is a 55.3% uh, road teams in the Sun Belt. So uh, long term, since 2008, road teams in the Sun Belt have been really good. Uh, Georgia Southern, much better than I expected. I think I would probably lean their way in this one, but I've, I've been wrong the other way on Georgia Southern. So I hate to want to back them right away. I think both offenses have a lot of success. I could see this one being a very high scoring game. So I'm going to take the over. I like it. I like the direction you're going. Kyle is going to make it official playing the over 66 here. Uh, and as far as the the side there, yeah, Georgia Southern, I, I do wonder with as dominant as Old Dominion was against Coastal last week, is the line maybe inflated a little bit. Uh, Georgia Southern, by the way, 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 overall. So something to pay attention to. These two teams, this is their first meeting. So something to uh, to watch out for with these two. Uh, but yes, official play, Kyle is going to ride with the over. Let me remind everybody, we do have a podcast, The Bait U.S. Football Show. Go and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever your favorite podcast is. Leave a nice five-star review. Let's go ahead and get those likes up. We're typically at around 100 by now. Go ahead and hit the like button for us if you would so kindly. That helps us out, again, with all the background, algorithm, whatever stuff. All the smart computer language things. It helps with that. So go ahead and hit that like button. Let's get over 100, and uh, and then we'll start, you know, pointing out different goals as we move along throughout the show. We've still got quite a few games that we're going to hit. Hit the subscribe button if you've not already. There are a ton of people that watch the show that are not subscribed, so make sure you hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Let you know when we go live, and that would be every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you missed yesterday's show, once we get done here, you can go back and watch that one. Check out what the early slate and the weeknight slate looks like for this week. And uh, let's see. Nope, that's it. That's it. That's all the notes for now. Let's go ahead and dive into our next game. We're moving to the SEC. 
7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. The Mississippi State Bulldogs travel to Tuscaloosa to take on a very angry Tide team. Alabama, a 21-point favorite, latest number at BetUS. The total sits at 61.5, Bryant-Denny Stadium. I don't know if they will be shocked or if they will be fired up for this one after what happened in Knoxville last week. Uh, Alabama won last year 49-9 to in Starkville. They were irritated in that game, and they came out and just put a beating on Mike Leach's offense. Alabama is 10-0 straight up in the last 10 against State. They are 7-3 and against the spread in those games, and they are 4-0 against the spread in the last four meetings between these two. Kyle, we're going to start with you on this. Are Mississippi State's road woes legit? The quarterback, Will Rogers, 17 touchdowns, one interception with 8.2 yards per attempt at home. On the road this year, six touchdowns, three interceptions, 5.7 yards per attempt on the road. Uh, the run defense, not good for Mississippi State. That is not a matchup that you want to have against Jameer Gibbs with Alabama. They're number 97 in PPA per rush. Uh, they're number 100 uh, as far as run defense grade. That is just not great for this matchup. Um, when you look at the receivers, Kyle, you would think with the passing offense, I mean, we just saw Tennessee eat that secondary alive. You would think that you might be able to have some kind of an advantage here. I don't think they're set up quite the same way. What do you see in this ballgame? No, I mean, I think Mississippi State last week against Kentucky, that's about as disappointing a performance as you can get because the Kentucky team overall is pretty good, but their secondary is kind of their weakness. Mississippi State, you know, 4.8 yards per play against Kentucky. Not impressive to me. Uh, Gary, I sent you this text during during the game last week. Uh, you know I'm a Buckeye fan through and through, and I, I, I'm kind of uh, – I got the two Bama fans here uh, on the right side of me here. But I have to tell you, even as a Buckeyes fan, I, I love Bryce Young. This guy is so good. He is so <laughs> easy so to root for. And I'm telling you, I'm serious. I think he is still underappreciated by people, even with all the awards that he's won. I still think he's underrated. Uh, he was tremendous last week. I mean, just absolutely tremendous – we didn't know if he was going to play or not. And then he just, I mean, just a tremendous showing there coming back from down like that. I mean, so many mistakes for Bama and they still almost won the game. I don't even know if I would be, you know, that disappointed as far as what their ceiling could be as a Bama fan, because really they beat themselves quite a bit there. Certainly Tennessee played very well. And I think Tennessee's upside is higher than what most people thought it would be. But uh, Alabama, really nice comeback there from 28-10 to almost winning that game. And like I said, I think Bryce Young, without uh, great wide receivers and an offensive line is not tremendous. I think he has been very, very good. Um, you know, I have to say, Saban's reaction to that horrific punt pickup is still just <laughs> epic. I, I was watching the game and I told my wife, hey, look at this. Ch check out his reaction. She's like, wow, man, why is he so mad? You know, like that's. That's crazy. And then she saw the play and she's like, oh, OK, that was more than justified. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> everybody knows that that was that was just insane. I think Mississippi State uh, is is in a tough spot here. I mean, you know, Alabama, how could you uh, not be up for a game like this after you lost that way? Then you have a bye week the next week. I mean, this is a, a, a Bama kill spot. You know, we'll see if they actually do it. But if you're a situational spot better, I think this is a good spot for Alabama. Like I said, Mississippi State, I think that was an absolute dud last week at Kentucky. And that's the second time they've done it, right? They did it at LSU and then at Kentucky. Uh, why would I trust them here? I, I don't trust them to keep it close. I think this is a uh, Mississippi State team that's not getting the backfield at all on defense. I'm kind of disappointed in the defense. I know Arnett's a good defensive coordinator for sure, but 
like you said, uh, you know, Mississippi State has not been getting in the, the backfield without sending a lot of blitzes. And I think Young can really make them pay if they decide to do that in this one. So I think Alabama comes out with a spirited effort. I would pretty strongly lean toward Alabama in the first half here in this one. I I like that play. I like the first half play there for sure. Corby, let's let's talk about this. I've got people in the chat saying something about uh, an Alabama wide receiver being out. Uh, I don't know if they're talking about Jermaine Burton in the you know after game incident or whatever. Uh, but I'm not sure who Alabama could lose as far as a wide receiver that would really make a huge difference here. Uh, so we'll you know we'll figure that out. Uh, Alabama penalties. They're averaging six per game at home, 14 per game on the road. Uh, luckily, this one is at home. Bryce Young last year, as Kyle uh, last year, last week, as Kyle mentioned, um, was absolutely phenomenal last year against Mississippi State. 20 out of 28, 348 yards against that 335 defense, had four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, he looks even better. I guess the question here is can Alabama's secondary uh, clean things up? They didn't play Kyrie Jackson last week, they didn't play Eli Ricks last week. Uh, a lot of the big plays were against those members of the uh, the back seven, right? The the back couple. They were playing two deep safety a lot of the time. Uh, Demarco Hellum's not a covering safety. Uh, this was, you know, maybe a different spot than what Mississippi State's going to do to him. What are you seeing in this one? Yeah, so I just saw that message too, and I quickly checked on my phone. I I don't know of any injury either. Um, whenever I saw WR, I thought of Will Rogers. Uh, I was like, I don't know, but. Nonetheless, I, yeah, I don't, I no I don't think that's uh, I'm wondering if it has to do with Jermaine Burton because all the stuff like apparently there was some incident on like in the middle of the field storming. Maybe he doesn't play, but I don't I mean, Jermaine yeah. Burton hasn't been a big thing. It's anyway. Still, still nothing that has caught my attention. I saw it and I was I kind of freaked out. I was like, wait, is there something that we don't know? Um, <laughs> but no. So breaking news. I put this in my notes. This is breaking news. Um, I don't know if you are aware. Alabama lost last week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quite unfortunate. Yeah, that happened. Um, Tennessee had their national championship. They took their goalpost to the Tennessee River, whatever, yeah, on a regular season game. But first time since '98 for them. They did the same yeah. thing against uh, against Florida back in 1998. Yeah, that's that's good for them. We uh, it's, it's it's week seven. Like we, if Bama would have won, there would have been no surprise. Um, but I think that this number, like because of that, it's going to be inflated a little bit just due to everybody's assumption that like Alabama. Oh, Alabama's going to be this mad team. Um, I actually made this one 18 and a half, uh, but I do agree in the sense that I would never bet Mississippi State plus 21 here. Um, if I was like forced to play a bet, it would be Alabama first half, and that's why I started smiling whenever Kyle said it. It's like Alabama has covered first half spreads. I don't have the number in front of me, but it has been a ridiculous clip over the last few years. Uh, this year, they've kind of struggled. They've Offensively, they've looked. They haven't had the spark that they've had in years past, but I was also on Mississippi State versus Kentucky last week, so maybe I'm a little biased there. I just, from whenever I've watched way too many Alabama games, and I, I numbers don't tell me even enough still how bad the secondary is. I think that we get eaten alive. And so I just worry that Mississippi State's going to be able to throw short, like five, six yard routes and, and consistently move down the field. Um, if there's anything you could bet, like a prop wise, I, I found it interesting. I heard a note while we were talking, um, while it was on, it was on college game day. I think um, they said that that was the most penalties Alabama team has ever had in in their history, and that was the most points Alabama has allowed since 1907, and uh, that blows my mind. So I, I imagine that we come in very disciplined this week. 
if anything. And so, like, if you could find, it's not possible, but, like, find um, a prop for penalties. Like, we're, Alabama is going to play a very efficient game this week. And so, uh, I'm, I lean Alabama first half. I, I wouldn't touch the full game. I had this 18 and a half and total 59. Um, so, I think that maybe it's overinflated due to the fact that, like, everybody thinks Alabama is going to rebound. Um, but I do love Bryce Young. I think that in a first-half scenario, like, in a bubble, this game isn't close. And, um, yeah, I think that Alabama has to be the side. I, I can't imagine taking Mississippi State the week after Alabama loses. So. That's a, that's the biggest thing, right, is teams understand the week after Bama loses – that team is fired up. They just are, especially as Kyle mentioned, there's a bye week after that. I mean, situationally not good for state. Now I will say this trend wise, Mississippi state six and two against the spread. Their last eight against winning teams, Alabama 14 and four against the spread after a spread loss. So they typically rebound pretty well. Uh, but again, state has been good against uh, winning teams. So something to pay attention to. Uh, this is, I don't think Mississippi state has uh, the explosive passing to be able to take advantage of this. And I will mention, against Pete Golding, Alabama's defensive coordinator, Mike Leach's offense has scored zero and nine points the last two years. So I don't know that there's – we'll need to see proof of concept before I believe anybody would bet Mississippi State. Uh, But none of us are touching this one. We we have leans, obviously, towards Alabama. Um, Wouldn't bet State in this spot, but also not confident enough to actually go with anything. So no official play on this one. Can I yeah. can I Go add ahead. something real quick? Yeah. I wanted to look this up while we were talking because when Corby said that, I'm like, I know I know they've been really good first half. Uh, first half dating back to 2008, Alabama 57.9% ATS, and when they're laying 14 or less, they're 60.2%. Uh, so you're oh. going to get 14 or less in this one in the first half. I think I think that's a pretty good play given the situation. Oh, most certainly, most certainly. I like that. I like that quite a bit. Uh, definitely something to pay attention to. For sure. Let's let's move along. We're going to stay in the SEC, and this one could get interesting. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, SEC Network in Williams-Brice Stadium, South Carolina, a three-point home dog to Texas A&M. That's right, the fighting Jimbo Fishers here. 44.5 is the total. Latest numbers at BetUS. You know, guys, we, uh, we focus a lot on the quarterback, Rattler, for South Carolina, but the running back, Marshawn Lloyd is averaging nearly six yards per carry with seven touchdowns. They're number 38 in PPA per rush. Their defensive weakness is, of course, uh, against the run. Uh, There's a lot that I'm looking at with this game, and this is the first time that Parker and I have disagreed on a pick, and that's why he couldn't be on the show today. (laughs) So I I had to get him off the show. That's why we brought Corby in. Um, I'm going to start with Corby on this one. Haynes King has a bit of a foot injury. Uh, it looks like he is going to play this weekend. He's going to fight through this thing. Uh, he's thrown three interceptions in his last 59 pla- uh, passes since taking over as the starter uh, when Max Johnson went down. Uh, Evan Stewart was kind of a force against Alabama's defense. Uh, absolutely phenomenal in that game in Tuscaloosa a couple weeks ago. They have had a bye week. I- I'm curious your thoughts on this. What do you see in the Gamecocks and the Aggies? Yeah, so... Unfortunate for you, I um I agree with Parker here. So it's not much, but uh, you brought in the wrong guests for the week. Uh, hey, it's okay. I, I will fight everybody. Is, <laughs> I think this is just a, a, a bit of a buy low on Texas A&M. They've looked rough for quite some time. King is playing. I've been told he um, feels great. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be like 100%, but he is playing. 
Um, it just, for me, I, I'm not buying South Carolina. South Carolina's resume has a win versus a hurt Kentucky team. And their second best game probably is a 14 point loss to Arkansas. So like, I, I'm not buying it on them. Texas A&M looked way too close to Alabama in the game that they played. And uh, I'm not selling off on Texas A&M any here. I think that if anything, their floor, they're, they're closer to their floor than their median on the year. So I had this 24-20, not in love with the side by any means, but Texas A&M would be my side at a flat three. I can understand that. I can understand. I know that I'm going against the grain. I'm sure everybody already understands exactly what my pick is on this. Kyle, let's uh, let's move it over to you. A&M, two and five against the spread, their last seven on the road here. At South Carolina, not great, especially coming off of a spread win uh, a couple weeks ago. They had, of course, the game against Kentucky, and looked great. Now, obviously, Will Levis was not playing in that game, but that is one of those that can really boost your confidence, make you feel good about yourself. Uh, A&M has won all eight matchups between these two. They are 8-0 straight up. They are 4-0 and against the spread in the last four against South Carolina. Uh, what do you see between these two? Yeah, I mean, uh, that hook going away with the three and a half on uh, South Carolina and now going to three, it makes me be cautious. I, I think I would have taken South Carolina as my lean with the three and a half at this point. I have to pass here. I, I would like to take the under, but 44 and a half is so low. Uh, you know, if this was above 45, I'd be considering the under as well. A couple of um, notes here, though. South Carolina negative six turnover margin has really held them back a lot this year. And Texas A&M's defense has really not been good, like I said, in the middle of the field. Then down in the red zone, uh, nobody can score on them. You know, 18 trips into the red zone, only 11 scores at all. They forced a ton of turnovers down there, only given up seven touchdowns. So I don't, I don't think they can keep that up long term. And A&M is 105th in rushing play success rate allowed. So South Carolina probably can run here. If I'm South Carolina, I'm running early and often. Like, I, I don't want to throw the football here. Uh, I don't trust Spencer Rattler at all. I don't think uh, I don't think Spencer Rattler is the reason that Gary uh, likes South Carolina here either. But you know his play has been wildly inconsistent. Thirteen turnover-worthy plays, just insane. Uh, just an A dot of seven point zero with that kind of turnover-worthy plays is is not good. Uh, he's behind in PFF grade. He's behind Henry Columbia and tied with Evan Simon of Rutgers. Which you know, I mean, that says that says what Yuck. it says. So. <laughs> Uh, this is a uh, this is just something where I can't trust Spencer Rattler, so I hate just plus three. But I'm not laying points with A&M on the road. I, I I don't trust A&M well enough. This is a team that should have a higher upside than they've shown so far this year. The other thing about A&M though is they have a lot of injuries on the offensive line. They they're moving people around all over the place on the offensive line. Um, that line wasn't terribly good to start with, and now being all banged up, I don't trust them either. So. Uh, I'm going to lean under, and at, at three, I think that's a good number. I So here is my stance on this. My numbers have South Carolina favored. I have tried not to listen to my numbers multiple times. If you look at South Carolina's biggest weakness when it comes to their passing offense, it is that they're number 104 in havoc rate allowed. But A&M's defense is only number 99 in that metric. They are not good at causing havoc against opposing offenses. Uh, South Carolina, yeah, number 123 in giveaways per game, but they have generated eight takeaways in the last three games. They have done a pretty good job at generating turnovers. I think that South Carolina is headed in the right direction here. I think Texas A&M is not. I understand that they played Alabama close on the road. I get that. But I also understand that when you're getting up for a game in Tuscaloosa, that's a little bit different than when you're going to uh, Columbia, South Carolina. It's just a little bit different. I think South Carolina 
at this point in the season is actually the better football team. I think they have the better quarterback in this spot, which is weird to say that I would even be comparing. If you had looked at this at the beginning of last year, comparing Spencer Rattler to Haynes King, I mean, what are we even talking about? Uh, but we we have seen quite a bit. I think Marshawn Lloyd has a monster day. A&M's rushing numbers are bad on defense. They just they haven't been able to stop anybody from running the football, even with those big defensive tackles. I I trust South Carolina here, which is bananas, but I'm I'm going to do it. So I will take South Carolina plus three uh, in this spot. I, I liked them at three and a half. I still like them at three. Uh, Parker is going to take A&M to cover the three, along with Corby over there. Uh, it's uh, Corby, it's not an official play for you, right? No, it's not. <laughs> it's like I ain't touching. I ain't putting no, no, actual no, no, money no, no. on A&M. <laughs> like, forget that. But I will put actual money on South Carolina. I like what Shane Beamer's doing. Uh, Jimbo has still got to figure some things out. I have not seen them really change anything on offense. If anything, the end of that Alabama game two weeks ago made me trust him less. So, yeah, give me South Carolina. Give me the Gamecocks to cover the three. I think they went out right on Saturday night. All right, moving along. Let's hit an ACC game. This one could be very interesting, I think. Pitt is headed to Louisville, and Louisville is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This opened as a pick and Louisville a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We don't know if Cunningham's going to play. Uh, we don't know if Tyon Evans is going to play, the running back. Uh, and yet they're still getting money on their side. Uh, there's still some things that we got to figure out with Pitt as well. Will their wide receiver, uh, Kanata Mumfield, will he play, etc.? Uh, Kyle, let's start with you on this. Uh, Louisville, two-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 55 on this, latest numbers at BetUS. It's at Cardinal Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. Pitt won in 2020. That was the last time they met, 23-20. to 20. Pitt is 6-1 and one straight up in the last seven against Louisville. I'm Look, Pitt is always great on the road. They're 8-1 and one against the spread in their last nine in the spot. Uh, Louisville is 4-11 and 11 in their last 15 at home against winning teams. This Pitt team, while it doesn't look anything like what they did last year, this is still a pretty decent, pretty good football team, even if you consider in the loss against Georgia Tech at home a couple weeks ago. What uh, what are you seeing between the Panthers and the Cardinals here? I think uh, Cunningham is going to play for this one. It looks like some beat writers saying he's expected to play in this game. So I don't know about Tom Evans yet, but it looks like Cunningham will play. Um, I think the Cardinals have been one of the most disappointing teams in the country. You know, I said before the year they were going to be good. I've been wrong. Um, Louisville, 124th in defensive explosiveness allowed. So giving up some massive plays. I'm honestly also disappointed in the pit defense. They should be better than they've been. Uh, the pit the defensive line, as much talent as they have, it's hard to believe they're 56th in the country in yards per play allowed. Um, almost eight penalties per game uh, for both teams here. So they've really been penalty prone, sloppy game. I'll be honest, I don't have a strong lean on this one. So uh, I'll just say that, you know, this is, these are two teams that I would be hesitant to trust either one of them terribly much. So this is one I'd rather pass on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let uh, Corby give us something in this one. Yeah, this is definitely, it, it, it's not two teams that you would really like to wager on frequently. Uh, but it, there can be value here, especially in this spot. I mean, that Louisville, all the way out to two and a half from a pick'em, just, just bananas. Corby, uh, you look at this. I mean, Louisville number sixty-seven PPA per drive on offense. They're number fifty-four PPA per drive on defense. So, just average, right in the middle of everything. Uh, the defense is pretty decent for Louisville, number twenty-four in points per scoring opportunity. So it's uh, maybe a bend don't break kind of thing. But you got to wonder which version of these teams is actually going to show up. Uh, Pitt, of course, I mentioned lost to Georgia Tech at home. 
uh, Louisville lost at BC, who hadn't been able to do anything against anybody. What uh, what are you seeing in this matchup? Yeah, so I am on Pitt. It is uh, the first thing that we've talked about that I is an official, like a best bet, I, I guess, for uh, myself. I have Pitt two and a half. The thing is, like Pitt is in a buy low spot. Preseason, everybody thought that this team was a top 15 team. Obviously, they've done things to to downgrade that. But how far should it be downgraded? They come in off two losses. One is an overtime loss versus Tennessee where their starting quarterback was hurt. Their second-string quarterback played the rest of the game hurt and still probably should have won. Um, and then they had a Georgia Tech loss, which you can't really say much good for. They, they looked awful. That said, they gave Georgia Tech the ball with 35 yards to the end zone six separate times, uh, and I believe they scored 12 on those. So, like, you're giving... These are plays that aren't going to happen the majority of the time. This is an anomaly game that Pitt just did not wake up for. And so uh, they're getting Hammond back, I've been told. And Malik's definitely playing, but there's still injury problems throughout Louisville. I just think that this is a one-man show in Louisville. Their defense is butter. They've been walked through by teams. Like Boston College just made this team, what did they score, 34? Yeah. And so like (laughs) Pitt's offense plays a really slow and intricate game, which is miserable and great for unders um but they do have the pieces to to walk through this louisville team i think their running back is one of the better running backs in the nation and they set up the play action really well um so i don't know i I had this pit minus four i think preseason i had five and a half uh and so i've degraded pit a little bit um probably not enough but even if this is three you're getting two and a half points i think that two and a half is a plenty fine number I like it. Yeah, what you were saying, they set up play action. Well, standard downs PPA offense for Pitt, number 27. They do a really good job of staying ahead of the chains. Uh, Keaton Slovis knows how to throw a deep ball. I I know that much for sure. So, yes, uh, let's make it official. Corby is going to ride with Pitt to cover the two and a half. I'm with you. My numbers had Pitt outright in this spot. So I'm not going to make it official uh, because, again, I don't know which version. But I, I trust you on this. I, I might have to roll a little pizza money on this one. We'll have to teach you about the pizza money stuff, by the way. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's remind everybody. Go ahead and like the video. We're over 150 likes. Let's see if we can do 200. Let's just 200 easy. That should be definitely easy with the number of people that are actually watching right now. Which, by the way, we appreciate each and every one of you. I see you guys in the chat. Heath, Scott, Arbone, uh, Federico. Let's see uh, everybody else. I mean, we just got a ton of guys in here. Gary T. That's not me in there. Mr. Fix Sports Picks. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are fantastic. If you have any questions for the Q&A at the end of the show, toss them into that chat right there, and we will answer as many as we can. We do a little bit of a rapid-fire format. Uh, If you missed yesterday's show, go back and watch that after today's show. And, uh, again, subscribe. If you have not already done so, you can do it on the podcast. I would highly suggest that you do it on YouTube right now. Hit that notification bell, and make sure that you join us every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. we got three more games that we are going to dive into, so let's go ahead and hit a biggin, a biggin at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Big 12 title implications. Kansas State heads to Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horned Frogs. TCU, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite total of 54-and-a-half. Latest numbers at BetUS. Amon G. Carter Stadium was rocking last week. It'll be rocking again this week, I would imagine. Kansas State won this matchup last year, 31-12. to I don't think it'll be quite like that this year, but, again, that's why we play the games. You never know. Kansas State, 6-1 and one against the spread, 4-3 and three straight up in their last seven against TCU. They have done a pretty good job in this matchup here. 
uh, obviously a completely different TCU team under Sonny Dykes as opposed to uh, good old Gary Patterson there. Kansas State 5-1-1 one, one against the spread overall this season. TCU 4-1-1 one, one against the spread in their six this season as well. So these two teams are really good at covering numbers. Corby, let's start with you on this. Uh, Kansas State's defensive backs, number 22 coverage grade over at PPA, uh, excuse me, at PFF. Uh, they're number 22 PPA per pass, uh, but they're number 66 in explosive rate allowed, and that could maybe be an issue with this TCU offense that has, of course, Quentin Johnston uh, and then Max Duggan just slinging that thing around. Uh, what do you see maybe between Kansas State and TCU? Uh, just a, a brief opinion on this one, uh, since you may not have known that we actually had this one on here. <laughs> that might have been my fault. Go ahead. No, you're, you're good. So I I bet Oklahoma versus TCU early in the year, and uh, TCU put up, I believe, 55 and three quarters. And so I, I saw tweets after the game. They were they were joking that the offensive coordinator is Garrett Riley, uh, Lincoln Riley's brother. And it just made me like go back and look. And I, I was actually impressed like going back and watching film, knowing who the offensive coordinator is in the offensive play calling of TCU. They've they've made like strides, and, and they look very competent as an offense on the other side kansas state three and a half point dog i think that they're in a really good situational spot with tc coming up a really big game uh, i see this total at 54 and i would lean towards the over pretty heavily there um, anything under a 55 i really think 55 is the number that i would probably stop at but uh tcu's offense has looked very good in progressions towards like um, consistent i don't have the numbers in front of me but i imagine that they're they're just the ability to move the chains consistently is probably out there towards the top of the nation. And uh, at least from the games that I have been able to watch versus competent t- opponents, they have looked really good. So I lean the over. I, I really don't know a side. I would say probably Kansas State just situationally, um, but the over is the side I have. I think I know where Kyle is going with this one, just uh, reading the room there. But uh, that's yeah, we'll we'll take a we'll take a, a look at this. So you mentioned the total there. The so we got winds of 17 miles per hour predicted uh, in this game. I would imagine that that's probably why this total has come down so much uh, because it opened at 59. It's all the way down to 54 and a half. Um, but I could totally see where you're coming from because I, I don't know that TCU can stop the run and I don't know that Kansas State can stop the explosive pass that TCU will have. Uh, Quentin Johnston, as I mentioned, absolutely rolling 386 yards receiving in the last two games. Their rushing defense is not good for TCU. Number 81 PPA per rush, number 77 in success rate. I don't know that they'll be able to stop what Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn do. Those two, by the way, have 82% of Kansas State's carries on the year. Just absolute usage juggernauts here. Uh, Adrian Martinez just makes that offense go. Kyle uh, both of these teams are tied at number seven as far as giveaways per game. They do not turn it over. Penalties per game, they're both really good. TCU's number 28 and Kansas State number 35. Neither team a real field position advantage here. At TCU, their biggest problem here is number 106 in points per scoring opportunity defense. Kansas State finishes drives. They're number 29 on the offensive side. I wonder if maybe that uh, is why this thing is dropping so much, aside from what Corby mentioned with it being situational. Uh, give me give me some thoughts here on the Horn Frogs. I mean, just they've been through a gauntlet in the last four, right? SMU, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. Uh, just a lot of big time games week in and week out. Feels like with Kansas State coming off of a bye, this would certainly be a spot where they could drop one, right? 
Yeah, I mean, first, uh, I love the chat. The chat's on fire over there. Just uh, is Parker on the hot seat? You know, get, like Gary said, you know, Parker and him disagreed. So Gary and him <laughs> had some words. <laughs> but but um, no, and then somebody saying, Kyle, will take the over. Kyle won't take the over. I just I just love the predictions and the chat over there. Uh, you guys do a great job and make this a lot of fun for sure. Um, the wins are definitely what's made this go down. I don't think this total would go down like this outside of that. And we've seen massive line moves for all these games in the in the South, you know, the Oklahoma and Texas area for, for Saturday. Um, you know, depending on the place that you look, some places say winds of about 15, 20 miles per hour, gusts as high as 25 or 30. So, you know, if that comes to fruition, I think that is, you know, concerning to to take too high of an over. But I agree with Corby that this number is getting pretty low. You know, TCU games are going to be pretty high scoring in general. Uh, TCU's offense has been so well balanced uh, all year. You know, they can beat you running. They can beat you throwing. Uh, Kansas State certainly the better defense of the two and a good running team. Uh, you know, I think if you look at the yards per play margin so far this year, TCU plus 2.23, which is seventh in the country. Kansas State plus 0.98 um, negative or on a yards per play margin, which is 35th. And Kansas State's strength of schedule is 28th and, and TCU 40th. So a bit of a difference, but not a big difference there. You know, I, I think, though, when you look at this game, I think it's really tough to have two thrilling wins in a row. You win at Kansas, then you come back in that massive comeback win, really impressive stuff from TCU to beat Oklahoma State. I think it's tough to keep giving your A game every single week. Uh, so yeah, like Corby said, the situational spot, you know, situational spot better in me, Kansas state is certainly my lean in this game. Uh, you know, I, I think I do feel a little bit bad wearing a Kansas state hat without part with Parker not being on the show. You know, that was, it's not, it's not me dissing his TCU horn frogs. I like that team as well, but, um, I think Kansas state's in a good spot here and getting the hook with Kansas state. Uh, I, I would certainly lean that way thinking that Kansas state will have success running the football in this one. Martinez has been really good. You know, he's avoided those big negative plays. Uh, Deuce Vaughn's tough to slow down for anybody. So I, I would lean Kansas state in this one. I can definitely understand that those Kansas state defensive linemen, uh, they've got a, a pretty good pass rush. there. something to pay attention to in this game. If they can get pressure on Duggan, it uh, could be, could be interesting for sure. But yeah, situationally, it screams that you got to take Kansas State here. Uh, the line move certainly says that uh, five and a half down to three and a half at this point. No official play from us. Part of that might be because we don't want to bet against TCU, and I, I think it's in our contract. I think we're legally obligated not to bet against TCU right now uh, with Parker not here, so maybe that's part of it. Uh, but either way, no official play on this one, but it will be a monster, monster game. Leans all around towards Kansas State and the over on this one. Moving along. We got a couple of uh, maybe maybe some of my favorite games to talk about. I will say that Saturday, October twenty second at nine forty five p.m. Eastern Time on FS1, Utah State with possibly a fourth string quarterback heading to Laramie, Wyoming to take on the Cowboys. That's right, Craig Bowles' team is a four and a half point favorite at home. Total sits at forty two on this War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. I'm sure it's going to be windy. I'm sure it's going to be with you. I hear you, Chip Patterson. Wyoming won this matchup last year. And don't forget, this was a Utah State team last year that won the Mountain West. Wyoming beat them 44-17 to last year at Utah State. Just throwing it out there. Wyoming is 3-2 and two straight up, 4-1 and one against the spread of their last five against Utah State. Now, when you look back on what Utah State has done since then, 5-0 and oh against the spread 
on the road against winning teams in their last five. Wyoming, two and five against the spread against losing teams in the last seven in that spot. Very, very interesting here. Along with this, you've got Andrew Peasley, six touchdowns, one interception in his last three games, only 44% completion. Of course, he is Wyoming's quarterback. Kyle, let's start with you on this. Utah State has been on the upswing, but the quarterback, Bonner, is out for the year now. Uh, Legas concussion last week. Um, you've also got Levi Williams with an ankle last week. Both of those guys are day-to-day. They could be down to the true freshman who actually got him to win last week, Bishop Davenport. Uh, what are you seeing maybe between Wyoming and Utah State here uh, that you might like in this one? I think it's pretty likely that uh, Bishop Davenport will be the starter here in this game. Um, you know, some of the comments that uh, Blake Anderson has made about how seriously they take any kind of concussions and head injuries would make me think it would be surprising if Cooper Lagasse would play. I actually think Cooper Lagasse is probably an upgrade from uh, Logan Bonner. So I, I felt pretty good about uh, Utah State with Cooper Lagasse in there, and then he goes down. And then, of course, Levi Williams as well. Um, uh, Bishop Davenport, a freshman, like there, there was, I read a nice article about the fact that like even he was absolutely stunned he played in last week's game. Like, you know, it was a, of course you try to get ready, but it's like, how, how can I be ready for this? You know, there's two guys ahead of me. There were three guys ahead of me to start with. Uh, I, I think Utah State has to be really conservative in a game like this. I, you know, they were very conservative last week, even when they were down against a, a bad team last week. I think they'll be conservative again in this one. And guys, it's the Andrew Peasley revenge game here. I mean, what a what a spot here for Andrew Peasley. Uh, previously played at Utah State and did see some action there at quarterback. Uh, he looked terrible in first game that they played there against Illinois. But we've kind of found out right since then, Illinois' defense is just legitimately really good. You know, Ryan Walters, yeah. excellent job with Illinois. So that that doesn't look as bad on him as it did at the time. Uh, I think Utah State struggling to stop the run this year. I, I think uh, Craig Bowl sees that and wants to run the football as much as possible. Uh, both of these guys are really good coaches. Uh, it's just that Craig Bowl's team is not as uh, banged up going into this one as Blake Anderson's is. I think both of these teams will be very conservative here. This is a low total. That's a very low total for a reason. Uh, I would lean to the under in this game. Now, if I had to take a side, I would take Wyoming. I think there's too many questions here about Utah State and what they'll be able to do with likely a fourth-string quarterback. That I, I certainly lean that way as well. Uh, and I do, is it is it Legas or is it Lagas? I, I, I heard, heard him say from, on TV Lagas, so that's what I'm going with. Okay, so I I saw <laughs> FS1 early in the year and they called him Legas. So I'm <laughs> who, knows? <laughs> who knows what it is. Regardless, uh, Levi. By the way, you mentioned uh, the Andrew Peasley revenge game. It would have been the same for Levi Williams. Remember, he left Wyoming from last year and, and joined Utah State. Uh, Corby, let's uh, let's dive over to you. Both teams are not good on offense as far as their year-long numbers. Number 112 uh, for Utah State, number 113 Wyoming PPA per drive here. Uh, and that's predicted points added for uh, – I saw somebody in the chat ask that earlier. Um, the defenses are slightly better in this spot. Uh, I kind of trust Craig Bowl a little more in this situation because we know what his roster is. That's the biggest part of it. Uh, Wyoming is number 18 in giveaways per game. They hold on to the ball pretty well. Utah State is number 121 in giveaways. Uh, and now you're talking about a true freshman quarterback possibly playing. And even if it's not him, it's still Levi Williams, who hasn't played most of the year. Uh, Corby, what do you see in this one? Yeah, so first off, I will note that um, I believe I was with you guys, Parker in particular, last week on the uh, Utah State just absolute CLV bonfire. Fourth string came in and um, still had probably five chances to cover that game. I had eight. 
close 14 and a half and we don't even get there. So um, frustrating, but it's, it's kind of pointed me to this game, just watching the fourth string play. Um, so when I bet for the most part, a lot of my college action is due to injury information or talking to people. And from what I'm hearing, he's playing QB four is in uh, concussion. They're not going to even take a chance. Ankle injury is bad enough to wait at least another week. So it, maybe the people were wrong, but um, I'm hearing that it, it's going to be QB4. So uh, I had this game at three with norm, no QB discrepancy. So I thought Wyoming was a slightly better team. Uh, this is a Wyoming team that beat Tulsa in overtime, which was a fluky game, but we won't get into that. They beat Air Force by three. They played BYU into a decent game. Like it wasn't great. And then they sat less than a field goal dogs versus San Jose State, which is a really good team. So the market thinks that Wyoming is a good team. Um, and I just think with the quarterback issues, this is a number that just hasn't adjusted enough. And I think that when the quarterback injuries get released fully, like it is it is 100% confirmed, this is a, a game that closes six, six and a half. I lean the under as well. I had this 24-17, uh, but Wyoming is my side. I like it. Let's go ahead and make it official Wyoming minus four and a half. That is the way that Corby is going to roll with this. Uh, by the way, penalties per game. Throw that out there. Wyoming number three in the country in penalties per game. Utah State number 127. And so definitely as far as giveaways, as far as penalties, you know, the regular fundamentals of a team uh, certainly all leans Wyoming's way, even without the injury situation. So, yes, I, I like where you're going, Corby, on this one. We'll move right along. we got one more game before we jump into the Q&A. Uh, everybody toss in your questions to the chat, of course. And, uh, and yes, hey, go ahead and hit that like button. We're almost to 200 here, so go ahead and get us to 200 on that, please. Bowling Green heads to Central Michigan, Mount Pleasant to be specific, Kelly Short Stadium here. And, look, Central Michigan is a 6.5-point favorite. The total sits at 50.5 here. Bowling Green is coming off of a 17-3 win against Miami of Ohio. Now, this is a game that's a little earlier in the day. Uh, it's a 1 p.m. Eastern time kick here. Defensive havoc rate for Bowling Green has been pretty good. Number 17 in the country. Central Michigan, uh, their offense allows number 124 in the country on that. Uh, the Bowling Green defense overall, though, number 106 PPA per rush, uh, but yet the number 44 rushing success rate allowed. Like they're, It's weird splits here. Uh, Kyle... I'm going to start with you. They These two teams last met in 2019, so they don't meet often. Um, you look at the trends. I mean, Central Michigan 0-5-1 against the spread against the losing team. But Bowling Green is 1-5 against the spread against losing teams. Like, it, neither one of these has done great thus far this season. Uh, I'm curious which way you might look at this ballgame, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, this is, like you said before, this is one of those sicko special games. But I have to say, you know, guys, remember that these games, uh, the money spends the same. And there's there can be some really good value in games like this. So I, I love that we're talking about games like this because those very most public games that are all the national TV games are usually harder to find some really good values on. Uh, these two teams in my tempo numbers are 21st for Central Michigan, 37th for Bowling Green. This is a low total for a MAC game with uh, that kind of tempo. I, I don't want to bet the over, but, you know, I see the number and I'm like, this is kind of strange because uh, BG um, had a 56 total against Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, is a better under team than Central Michigan. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. This line's really been moved down based on some of the games recently that Bowling Green has had. So this is one of those cases where 
Uh, Gary, we kind of talked about that yesterday. Sometimes there can be some bias in what's just happened recently, and uh, that can adjust the number too much in some cases. I think this is one where the number has moved down quite a bit. Uh, you know, Central Michigan, if you look at them, I, I think everybody's pretty disappointed in the way they've played this year. You know, the team that had uh, pretty high hopes for the season, they've had some bad fumble luck. They have 13 fumbles this year. They've lost 10 of them, um, several of them very close to the goal line. So that's hurt them quite a bit. But really, if you look at their overall numbers, they haven't been good in general. Uh, I would have to lean Bowling Green as a dog here if I was betting the side in this one. As far as the total... We know that the MAC games can get nuts. I mean, these games can, uh, anything can happen in these MAC games. You're talking 50 and a half. Uh, you know, they can find some ways to score pretty quickly in this. So I would lean to the over. My name, uh, my number is a little bit higher than this. It's just one that I'm not too anxious to bet, but, you know, the market seems to have moved this number down quite a bit. So I would lean to the over. I tend to agree with you. Uh, we had Arbone jump in the chat. He said Nichols, the running back, is out for Central Michigan. And, and Central he did miss the game against Akron, but truth of the matter is, even with Lou Nichols, this team was not great uh, at running the football. They were number 126 in PPA per rush anyway. Uh, their defense is actually better than the offense, number 59 PPA per drive, while the offense is all the way down to number 103 per drive. Uh, Corby, you know, you look at some of these trends here. Central Michigan, the under is 5-0 and against the spread in their last five MAC games. But you look at Bowling Green, and the over is 5-1 and against the, or excuse me, against the number um, in the last six road games that they've been in. Uh, this number, though, does appear to have gone down frequently. As Kyle mentioned, we talked about this on the show multiple times. Do not take what you saw on one Saturday as just absolute truth of what a team is or can be going forward. Uh, these two teams, Bowling Green, number 69 in giveaways per game. You know, Kyle mentioned the fumble luck and whatnot. Central Michigan is number 106 in giveaways per game. Bowling Green, number 87 in penalties per game. Uh, Central Michigan, number 113. These are two teams that can make enough mistakes, certainly, that it could lead to easy points for the opponent here. Uh, give me give me some thoughts on this one. Yeah, so you bring up the trends towards the under. I actually, like looking into trends, I enjoy when they're kind of the opposite of what I want because like, let's say Bowling Green is 5-0 and to the under. That number has also moved within the market. So like if they weren't 5-0 and to the under, this wouldn't be 50 and a half here. Um, just looking at a couple games that are comparable, Bowling Green was 49 and a half versus Akron. Central Michigan was 61 versus Akron in the total. And this is an Akron team who has shown they are not able to move the ball very well. They're one of the worst offenses in the nation. And you're getting a much more competent opponent on each side and so like even if you just split these in half you're looking at 54 and a half 55 which is a number that makes a lot more sense to me um, these are two teams i have 18th in tempo for central michigan and 50th for bowling green the most important thing for bowling green though is they throw the ball 60 percent of the time so they, the clock management by central michigan is going to be there they're the tempo team top 25 in tempo this is what they are going to do and bowling green isn't going to like hurt them in any kind of clock management at all, uh, throwing the ball high majority of the time. And I think running back issues for Central Michigan, yes, but that just means that they're going to look to run less. And so I, I think there's probably too much of a reaction here. Under a 51 and a 52, two very key numbers and totals in college football. Uh, I just, this one screams over to me. I had it at 58. I had this 31-27 to Central Michigan. So Give me the over 50 and a half, and if I had to lean, I would lean Bowling Green getting the almost a touchdown, I believe. I can certainly understand that. It opened Central Michigan uh, by eight and a half 
and it's come down to six and a half at this point. So uh, I do like Central Michigan a little bit more. Uh, Bowling Green, I mean, it, just a massive win against Miami of Ohio, and it feels like any win that Bowling Green gets is certainly massive. So maybe a weird situational spot for them heading to Mount Pleasant. But, uh, but yes, I could I could certainly understand why you would lean Central Michigan, but we will make an official on the over for Corby here to go over the 50 and a half on this one. All right, it is time for Q&A. That's right, we got a wonderful, wonderful segment. We're going to rapid fire through some of these questions, and we have got quite a few. First off, we appreciate you guys getting us over 200 likes. That is phenomenal. That is wonderful. You guys rule. Thank you for doing that. Uh, next, of course, hit the subscribe button if you hadn't done so, because we have just a ton of people that watch but are not subscribed to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. It helps us keep the lights on. That's a big thing around here. All right, gentlemen, let's ride, let's ride into it. Uh, Elite Empire 14 says, what are y'all's thoughts on Purdue at Wisconsin? Uh, Kyle, I will toss this one to you first. Uh, Purdue, I will tell you, has not been good against Wisconsin. If I'm not mistaken, they're, what, 3-12 uh, against the spread in their last 15 against Wisconsin? However, that's a weird spot for whiskey on this one. What, uh, what do you see in this, Kyle? Yeah, I'm trying to see the current line here, uh, Wisconsin minus two and a half. Uh, so I, I think I would lean the under in this game. Purdue games have gone under pretty consistently on the road. They've been a good over team at home. Uh, Wisconsin will try to run and use the clock in this one. I, I don't know what to make of Wisconsin at this point. Wisconsin, a bad showing last week, uh, certainly against a Michigan State team that's way down this year. Uh, Leonard, uh, probably the, the next coach there for Wisconsin. I, I think... Uh, Purdue is a tough team to trust in this spot, but I certainly don't want to lay points with Wisconsin. So I really got nothing on the side. I just lean the under here. That's I, I tend to be the exact same way. I Not touching Purdue against Wisconsin, but also not going to bet on Wisconsin. So I am staying away from that one. Sometimes the smartest play that you can make is to not make a play on every game. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Uh, Corby. Throw a dog a bone wants to know, is there any way USC can get back in the playoff picture if they run the table? Go ahead. I'll let you handle it. <laughs> nope. Corby is frozen. We got no Corby. I'll answer this question. <laughs> uh, yes, they can get back in the playoff race. If they go undefeated the rest of the way, there's no question. There's absolutely no question. Um, this is, I mean, it's still a really good team. They lost by one on the road at Utah. Like, I would not worry about it at all. So, uh, if USC can go undefeated the rest of the way, then absolutely. They will be back in the playoff picture. Um Let's see, un, Uncle Dewey thoughts? Oh, no, un, oh, Uncle Dewey. Wow, that's ridiculous. Kyle, uh, thoughts on San Diego State and Nevada. The Aztec quarterback was a safety uh, and had a huge game before the bye week, 322 yards. Are the Aztecs really that bad? You uh, you got a thought on this one? Oh, gosh. This one, <laughs> Gary, I mean, talk you about know sickos. I know. <laughs> oh, this, you talk about a sicko game. Um, I... I don't want to lay seven points with San Diego State on the road. I mean, I don't want to lay San Diego State uh, points with San Diego State in general, really, with that offense. But Nevada is bad. Like, they're next level bad this year. Um, I, I think I think I would have probably leaned San Diego State, but you're not going to see me putting money on them laying points here. And I, I don't trust San Diego State to have a good quarterback. I want to see it for several games because – what has it been now? You know, four or five years in a row, everybody says the next guy's ne going to be a good quarterback for San Diego State, and they never have a good quarterback. So uh, let's see. Maybe you can look good against uh, Nevada. Total uh, 35 and a half, 36. Crazy, uh, but understandable as well. 
Yeah, I. There's no way I'd play this one. There's just there's no way I'd play this one at all. I, I don't know what to expect from these guys. Um, I mean, it's so I'm looking. Yeah, at seven. Let's see. My numbers have got. Uh, da, 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 da. I, I mean, a little over seven. It, this is these are two not good teams. These are just two not good teams at all. So no, I would not touch this. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, Heath Harrelson, Gary, can the Huskies get on a winning streak against California? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they did beat Arizona last week, so I guess two in a row would be a streak. Um, I, I like Washington this week. My issue is Washington is one in seven against the spread of their last eight on the road. So it, are the road woes a real thing for Kalen DeBoer's offense? Uh, you look at what Cal did last week. I mean, they just got flat embarrassed by Colorado. Is that the Cal team that's showing up? Because if so, I'll take Washington all day. But as it sits, I, right now, I don't want to bet Washington on the road. I I just, uh, that's a stay away from me on that one. Uh, although it does seem that Washington should be the better team. Uh, but I know I know that Justin Wilcox defense Wilcox going up against all. Yeah, as a dog, big time. That's uh, that's where it goes. So I, yeah, I, I'm gonna stay away. Uh, if I had to lean a certain way, I guess I would go Cal because situationally, coming off of an you know an embarrassment like that, I've talked myself into both sides of this game, Kyle. <laughs> I swear, I just I, I don't know which way to go on it. That's why I'm staying away. I just I got no real feel on it. We got Corby back. Very nice. All right, we do have questions here. We got your audio. Up, oh, no You're muted. There we go. We got you. Perfect. Uh, we do have a question for you. He right. jumped in and said, Corby, do you have a feel on Tulane and Memphis? Um, give me a second. I had a crash. <laughs> but so um, I actually do know a little bit about Tulane just off the top of my head. I don't have any numbers in front of me. But um, so Michael Pratt information on injury came out a couple weeks ago. Um, I was the originator of that. I actually am decent friends with Michael Pratt. Um, and he... <laughs> He really feels good about this team's just up and coming. Like they, it's a team. They, what is there against the spread currently? I believe they're they have six been and one. On, yeah, yeah, so they've been on the up and up this year, and he he's the utmost confident team. Um, Memphis, on the other hand, I bet opposite of them versus Houston, I believe. And um, I know my numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but I know that they're very low on Memphis. And uh, I, I think that this Tulane program is heading in the right direction. And uh, so I don't know the current number. I have literally nothing in front of me. My whole computer crashed. But it's uh, it's seven. Is. It's uh, no, it's sevens across the board. It looks like. Uh, okay. Yeah, I I think. Uh, yeah, I. So my number on it actually, just looking at the uh, the full year stats, is uh, Tulane minus five. Um, but I do not trust Memphis on the road. Like they are three and eleven against the spread, their last fourteen on the road. Uh, when you get into real tight spots, I, I trust Willie Fritz as a coach more. So that's that's the way that I would lean on that. Um, because I mean, Tulane is a fantastic football team. This this team is so good. Uh, Eighty two Atlantic jumped in after last week's loss to Fresno State. Will Gary stay loyal to San Jose State, or will he fade them against New Mexico? I will not touch that game. San Jose State is effectively dead to me after last week's performance because they were putrid. That was a sure. just crap performance kyle what, what do you think about san jose state right now <laughs> i i feel gary i feel exactly the same way you did i was expecting to watch that entire game and i mean it was just painful to watch 
by San Jose last week. Okay? They were even put in a good spot. They took the lead at halftime, and it looked like maybe they'd have a shot. They scored zero points in the second half against that defense. Can't trust that team uh, very much at this point. They do have a good defensive line, but uh, Chevin Cordero, inconsistent at best. At, that is, yes, at best, inconsistent. They were <laughs> so bad. Uh, they made Logan Fife look like a good quarterback. At, how does that happen? Especially with that defense that you've got. And I don't know that they only scored, what, 17 points, did Fresno? But I, just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Uh, Q&A from George here. Uh, the LSU and Ole Miss line has flipped for LSU. LSU is not a good day team. Well, this will not be a day game when this thing is over. Uh, it's still going to be Saturday night in Death Valley. So uh, the reason that line has flipped has nothing to do with injuries, etc. cetera. Uh, it is legit a pick em game. My, my line on it? is Ole Miss minus half a point. So you toss in Baton Rouge, and yeah, like it, people are going to be favoring LSU in that spot. It certainly makes sense. Uh, I do wonder, Corby, you tell me, you feel like Ole Miss might be a bit of a paper tiger here? Like, are they at obviously top seven team, like looking really good right now, et cetera, but it, maybe there's some ways that LSU could take advantage of them. Yeah, I got asked about this early in the week. Um, People was just saying, like, this seems like a number that Ole Miss is going to walk through. What's wrong with this line? And I completely agree. I was on the under in Ole Miss Tulsa. And I was really surprised how easy Tulsa just kind of walked through this defense early. I believe they scored 27. But um, in the first half, this game was just – it was cutthroat. Like, this this isn't a top 10 team, in my opinion. And um, I think that I had this Ole Miss right at Pickham. I think I, I gave Ole Miss, like, the slight nudge. But – it's nothing crazy. LSU is off a pretty tough game versus Florida, like a tough quote unquote game. It wasn't a close game by any means versus Florida. <laughs> and um, I think that it's a spot where it would make a lot of sense for LSU to get it done. I think LSU, we've seen their absolute floor as well. They, to start the season, they had so many locker room problems. Like they, There was so much going on. They had injuries. And so everyone's public notion of LSU is so low currently. And um, I think that it can only go up. And so I think that this line proves that. And I would lean LSU as well. I like it. Uh, moving along, Thomas Reynolds, have you guys discussed Louisiana Monroe at Army? No, we have not. Uh, Kyle, do you have a feel on this? Army is favored by six and a half. Uh, total is 55 and a half on this one. Louisiana Monroe it looks at least somewhat dangerous here. Uh, and Army may not be as good as we originally assumed heading into the season. Um, but maybe an interesting coaching matchup here. What, uh, what do you maybe have on this? Yeah, another sicko special. Great. Um, I, I think uh, I would lean over thinking that Monroe has not seen a team that, that plays the way Army does. Um, Army overs are tough to take, obviously, because they run the ball and play so slowly. But um, Monroe defense, I think, would struggle quite a bit. Monroe has been quite a bit better than I expected them to be. I think quite a bit better than anybody expected them to be. And, and I agree, Gary. Um, Army has been disappointing. Uh, as far as the side, my numbers would suggest Army would be the side, but I'm not terribly confident in betting Army here. I think uh, Monroe has been well coached, and uh, I, I would rather lean the over in this game. I I could get with that. Uh, my number on this is actually Army minus five and a half. Uh, so it's you know right there, pretty close. Uh, the, the official spread is six and a half, but no, I I would not. I wouldn't even make a lean in this game. I mean, I that just seems like. You don't know what version you're going to get from Louisiana Monroe. That's one of the biggest problems with this one. 
moving along, George says Arkansas State plus six and a half against Louisiana. Teams that seem like they're pretty equal. Louisiana lost so many key players to Florida, LSU, et cetera. Uh, is it a close game? Corby, uh, how about we toss this one over to you? This seems like one of the the nice, you know, Southern football sicko specials. What do you think on uh, the what is oh, Red Wolves, excuse me, the Red Wolves and the Raging Cajuns? There we go. <laughs> yeah, so my numbers on Louisiana Lafayette were uh, for quite some time this year. I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were. I bet them versus UL Monroe, which you talked about last, and um, lost that, I believe. And then I had them all pretty close to pick them versus South Alabama, and they closed like 11. So my number is just so off that like I very quickly skimmed through this game. I have this eight and a half, uh, but the amount of weight that I carried to that is none. There's a time I heard a, a quote back in the day that betting isn't based on like it's it's not three strikes. Like you don't have to swing at it. You could swing at every single pitch that you want to swing. And this is a team that I just do not understand. So I lean Lafayette, but it's just a dart throw. And so I don't even want to tell anybody my opinion there, uh, Lafayette, if I had to do anything. That is that's a team that you just don't know week in and week out what you're going to get. That's I I despise trying to bet on those kind of teams. Uh, my number on that would actually be minus 4.82 in favor of Louisiana, so a little under the spread, but again, who knows with that team? Who knows what you're going to get? Uh, Steven jumps in. Uh, your opinions on Boise State versus Air Force. Uh, Air Force minus three, total 47.5. Is that the latest number? I don't know if that is. Um, latest line is at BetUS. Uh, it is. Air Force. Uh, by three, a total of 47 and a half here. Kyle, we'll start with you on this. Uh, you got a feel on, on Boise since Dirk Cutter took over as the offensive coordinator and old, our, our boy Green is now the quarterback there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, they're quite a bit better with Taylor Green than they were with Bachmeyer. And uh, I've been really disappointed in Air Force. I think you as well, Gary. I mean, I, I thought Air Force would be better than this. Uh, I'm they surprised we haven't gotten week. a... Like, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that, I mean, that was beating up an injured team. So. Right, right. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm surprised we didn't get a question about this game sooner because this is a good game. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I, I think this could be a very tight game. It's three some places, three and a half some places. So, you know, if you want to lay the points, make sure you get a good number. If you want to take the points, make sure you get a good number. I, I think in this one, um, Boise State would be my lean here. I think that this should be a close game all the way. Boise has been better at stopping a triple option than most teams have. And, um, you know, Air Force just haven't shown me enough that I would be excited to lay the points here. Now my season one total bet on Air Force over hopes that Air Force wins. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about that one, to say the least. I'm in the same boat that you are. I just We had over eight and a half. Uh, Air Force not quite what we were looking for. Is what it is. We got uh, we got a few more questions here on the slate. If you guys can do us a favor, go ahead and hit that like button. We got way more people watching than have liked. So it looks like this. It's at the bottom. You can hit the thumbs up, and that certainly helps us out. The next one, uh, we'll toss over to Corby on this. Do you have a play on the UCF game? This is from Chris uh, Ericazo. And UCF is on the road at East Carolina. They are a five-point favorite on the road. Uh, total is 64 and a half. Uh, Corby, you got a feel on this one? Yeah, so I did not bet it. I have UCF at six and a half. Um, I'm not a big fan of East Carolina. I think the majority stems from the idea that I am not big at all on Navy. And 
East Carolina versus Navy was a game that was just it, it rubbed me the wrong way for this East Carolina team. I think UCF's offense is probably capable of putting points. This this total is about 64 and a half. So it's screaming that there's going to be points, and I don't know if East Carolina can keep up. Yes, UCF's defense isn't the greatest in the world, but uh, I'm just I'm not buying East Carolina by any means. So I had this, I believe, in the sixes. I don't have my numbers in front of me again, but um, I think four and a half, five is probably a pretty good number. It's not something I would touch, but um, UCF potentially under here. UCF just beat up on Temple, and so I think it might be raising the numbers a little high. Uh, and it's just not indicative of what you're going to see versus most other college football teams. I could agree with that. I could agree. After after tossing 70 on Temple last week, uh, yeah, might might have raised the number just a bit. Uh, Federico jumps in, says, uh, leans on Boston College-Wake game. I like Wake and the over. Those numbers, by the way, Wake is favored by 20. The total is 61. I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Kyle, didn't we? Yeah. Um, we we can go on and hit it again, uh, it because the number's gone down. Uh, it was twenty one yesterday. I, this you know I still like the Boston College team total under. Uh, Kyle, you kind of feel the same way on this one. Yeah, I, this isn't something I feel very strongly about. So maybe we could get Corby's opinion on this one too. But I, I you know personally, um, I don't want to trust Boston College's offense. You know, uh, Yurkovich is up against it with this offensive line in front of him. Uh, Wake Forest definitely much improved on defense this year. Good defensive coordinator hire. So that would be my lean as either laying the points with Wake Forest or taking a team total under with Boston College. I like it. Corby, what do you think about this? Uh, Boston yeah, College so, 20. So yeah. what number did you get for a Boston College team total? Uh, so it's it's not uh, out at BetUS right now, but da, 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 I have it. 20 and a half. Yeah, that's uh, so, so. I did my calculation yesterday, and I've lost my sheet, so I don't know where I put it. <laughs> I think it's twenty and a half. It looks like that's what MGM has. Uh, yeah. If you were to go twenty and a half, I would. I would if you could get it at like one ten, one fifteen range. I think that the under there is pretty good. Wake's defense has impressed me. Uh, games are still going. Like there's still the tempo is insane, but that's strictly as the offense and the other team having to keep pace. And I don't think Boston College has any chance to keep pace. So. I really like Phil. He's a cool quarterback. Like he he shows he plays with so much heart and gut, but like that only that doesn't translate into points at all times. Like his sometimes he makes the wrong play more often than not. And so he's a really fun guy to root for. But uh, twenty and a half, I think, is a, a number that I would definitely lean to the under as well. I I could roll with that. I could absolutely roll with that. Uh we I'll do two more right quick. Uh Texas. I've got one game question for you too. Uh, all right, I can't all right. Type we... into the crowd, but I got a fan question for you. Well, here, it's Southern Miss, minus two and a half. Corby, I'll start with you on this one. Southern Miss against Texas State, two and a half on this. Um, 43 is the total. Boss Hogg wants to know what are our thoughts on this one. Corby, how do you feel about Southern Miss right now with Will Hall running that team? Yeah, so Southern Miss is basically a team that I have uh, highlighted to where you can only bet an under, never look at an over on this team, just strictly based off pace of play and like how they run. There was a game versus Miami, I believe. It was, uh, spread was 25, and I took Miami. lost, of course. But um, it was just like a game where quarterback got hurt, second string got hurt. They said that they were going to play Frank Gore Jr. as superback quarterback and throw the ball less than six times. Like This just translates into a team whose approach is to not score points and, and keep these games under. So I see they scored 20-19 uh, to 19 versus Arkansas State last last game yeah last week um seven 27 10 versus troy 
Troy's a good defense, but like this is a team that does not want to score points. And so I like the under here. Texas State's not a team that I'm very scared of. And uh, yeah, they also, Texas State limits long, like long explosive play. I believe I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know that um, they haven't given up too many plays over 50 yards uh, just from a prop that I used to take. But um, they haven't given up too many like high variance plays. And so I like the under here, three and a half. I would like to get a 44 if I was to actually put money on it. And, um, yeah, that's the only lane I have there. All right, Kyle, what about you on this one? I'm You you bet Southern Miss last week, uh, and they just they could not score enough points. They got the win, didn't get the cover, and I think what it was three and a half or four uh, when we did the show last week, but could not get it done against Arkansas State. Uh, Texas State, any different? I mean, they've got that massive win over App State. They played it close against Troy last week. You uh, you got a feel on, on Texas State here. Yeah, I mean, Southern Miss uh, probably should have won by more last week. They actually were down, even though they were they had more yards than Arkansas State for a good while because they turned it over in the red zone. I mean, Southern Miss, if they could just get a half-decent quarterback. You know, I mean, just, they don't have to be good at quarterback. Uh, they have a good defense, and I, I echo what Corby said about unders with them, certainly. Um, slight lean to Southern Miss. It's hard for me to trust them too much. Uh, Texas State's changed the way they played, too. Remember, Spavital has been playing really fast, and he wanted to air it out a lot. They've slowed down a lot. I think he kind of realized that he didn't have the team that was going to win those shootouts. So uh, they've been playing much slower here in conference play. So uh, I, I mainly echo Corby's thoughts on that one. I can I can get with that. I can get with that. I don't trust Southern Miss to be able to score, which is why I won't bet on them, but I could certainly lean to an under on that. Uh, let's see. Cameron Van Landingham wants to know about BYU and Liberty. I'm going to take this one. BYU is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. It's on the road here. Uh, if you are going to bet anything, you have to bet BYU, I believe, because Liberty, we don't fully know the injury situation. I think Charlie Brewer is going to play. Salter had uh, a procedure done on his groin. Uh, if it were Salter, I would feel great against that BYU defense. I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday. But, uh, but yeah, BYU, I think they're going to be fired up for this one. This is not Arkansas that BYU is going to play. Uh, the one that I did want to ask you guys about, New York Silver King jumped in. Charlotte, a 14-point favorite against FIU. Uh, I'm going to ask both of you guys. Kyle, I'll start with you on this. Charlotte, by 14 here, uh, I wouldn't normally take that team to be favored by that many against anybody, but FIU is really bad, and I think it just depends on whether or not Chris Reynolds plays. You kind of feel that way, Kyle? Yeah, I think that this one's 14 and a half, I think now, but but uh, man, what a game. I mean, you talk about a sicko special. Uh, this this is the <laughs> ultimate sicko special. I'm not laying 14 and a half points with Charlotte, but I, I'm not excited to bet FIU either. Um, FIU, maybe unders would be something I'd look at usually, but Charlotte's defense is about as bad as anybody. I think metrics wise, they are at the bottom of the pack. So, oh, yeah. um, I, I really, I, I hate to give any strong lean on this one. I, I feel the same way. Corby, uh, how about you give a thought out here on Charlotte? It's actually up to 15 at this point. Uh, give us a thought on Charlotte. And then, uh, and then you said you had a question, right? Um, so first, my question was the BYU game. So go ahead. It Charlie Brewer, I have heard is playing. So if you want to bet BYU, I would wait a minute. Um, I don't know if that's public news yet, but if if the, if you're going to bet BYU, wait. I think that we will see a it'll come down. When that news is announced. Um, on the FIU game, so I'm weird. These are games that I bet. I, I bet FIU team total under 14 and a half last week. Versus UTSA, it cruised. I think they scored 10 
and seven of those were fake. They were just end of the game. Who cares? Again, I agree. Uh, I think that FIU cannot score. I, it's Charlotte. Charlotte's defense is awful. Uh, but FIU, I, I, I don't think you can put numbers on how bad this offense is. <laughs> it's hard for them to score against air. <laughs> yeah, so I, I watched Charlotte play UAB last week, unfortunately. I actually bet Charlotte last week plus 1,100 to beat UAB. I'm not very high on my Blazers. Um, it, they didn't get there, but it was, it was a close game for quite some time. I think Charlotte is going to struggle with this, this FIU defense. Their defensive line uh, surprised me versus Utah, uh, not Utah State, versus UTSA. Um, the defensive line looked a lot better than I had projected them out to be. They have some athletes on that line, um, and numbers don't show that. I think that Charlotte's going to have trouble keeping Chris Reynolds in the pocket, and if he's hurt, that's going to be trouble. So I would lean towards the most disgusting under you've ever bet in this game. <laughs> Uh, FIU team total uh, 23 and a half. If you could get like no juice or a 24, I would probably enjoy it. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't love betting this game. Like UTSA, at least you knew you had some stability on one half of the ball. Um, and this is just, there could be a fumble for six pretty easy in this game. So I would be worried on betting this. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, let's see. I believe that is going to wrap up the questions. Uh, we did have, Eh, all right, so let, let's hit this last one, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, we do have to do our picks recap, et cetera. But uh, Cameron wants to know about Kansas and Baylor. He said, what's up with uh, with the spread there? Baylor is a 7.5-point favorite over Kansas. The total is 58.5. Kyle, I'll let you take this last one. Uh, what, what do you think might be happening here? Yeah, this one's one of the wind games that the total's been bet down quite a bit here throughout the week. Um, I'd be cautious about betting it under, even with the wind, with with uh, Kansas. I think Kansas's defense is very weak. Uh, their offense is explosive. As far as which side, um, probably lean Baylor. I think Kansas is uh, definitely down uh, with Bean as their quarterback. I think Bean is less consistent. You know, uh, Daniels is, we know what we get from him. Bean can be very good. He can also make some bad decisions. So um, I would lean Baylor in that game. Yeah, that, so here's the the biggest issue, I think, as far as line movement, et cetera. Uh, Baylor's quarterback, Shapin, of course, went out with the concussion last week, so I, he may not play this week. Uh, but their offense was still okay without him, and, and against Kansas' defense, I think I think they'll be fine. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. We need to get to the picks recap. So this is our best bets from today's show. Uh, I'll go ahead and read off Parker's here. He's got Texas to cover six and a half against Oklahoma State. He likes UCLA plus six at Oregon, uh, same as me on that. And he likes Texas A&M to cover three in Columbia, South Carolina. I am going to take UCLA along with Parker uh, on the road in Austin. I'm going to take South Carolina plus three against Parker's Texas A&M fight naggies there. Uh, Kyle, show us what you've got on this. I've got a couple totals here, Texas and Oklahoma State under 61, and Georgia Southern and Old Dominion over 66. All right, and Corby, what have you got here? Uh, Pittsburgh plus 2.5 versus uh, Louisville, Wyoming minus 4.5 versus Utah State, and the Bowling Green, Central Michigan over 50.5. I like it. All right, if anybody else has more questions, you can always toss them down into the comments. Uh, go ahead and hit that like button at the end of the show here. Let's see if we can hit 250 before we end up uh, closing out the live stream. But you can always reach out to us on Twitter. Of course, those handles are in the description along with uh, different links, etc. things that you need to check out with BetUS. So go ahead and do that. Uh, with that said, make sure that you are subscribed. 
Make sure that you are here with us every single Tuesday and Wednesday. Gentlemen, I think it's time for us to get out of here. What a fantastic show. Corby, welcome to the family. We're looking forward to seeing you on the college basketball show this season along with our buddy Kyle here. Uh, It's going to be a fun, fun season of college hoops. I can't wait to get it started for sure. Um, But yes, I think, oh yes, Parker, again, Three Dog Thursday. Go and check out his underdog picks on Thursday morning. Um, He has not gone from the show. I know I was joking about it, but he will be back again next week. So no worries there. Uh, With that said, let's dive out of here. For BetUS, where the game begins, God bless college football, and we'll see you all again next week.